The content of this podcast is intended for an adult audience due to the nature of sensitive subject matter and topics. Welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. You may also visit us at romantictruth.org or on Facebook at Romantic Truth in the search. Now, without further ado, introducing Jorzen, the host of Romantic Truth from our studio in Las Vegas. everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Let's talk about dating personalities. There are many, a plethora of them. You have conservative, liberal, moderate. You have people that may have their personalities based on certain influences, religion, education. There's a whole gamut. Now, we have to also look at some of the people who specifically go for certain personality types. For instance, sapiophiles. Sapiophiles usually go for people who are intellectual or present themselves in that way. They're usually charismatic, informative, and what these people are, intellectual groupies. You have the other ones who are fans. Fans are people who like someone as if they were a celebrity or a rock star. They put them on that level. These people are usually over-enthusiastic. They may do something totally out of the ordinary when you start a relationship, such as they may take a selfie with you, and then before you know it, the next time you see them, they have a t-shirt with your picture on their t-shirt. This could be creepy. You have others that will look at you as a messiah. Your guidance, your leadership, whatever you say, is holy to them. Then you have others that look at an individual as being a submissive. And you do have submissive people out there. And a lot of them are looking for a leader. They're looking for a master, someone to be dominating, someone to take over, someone to tell them what to do. And these people could be in very good, high-stress jobs. But when they get away from that environment, they want to be dominated, controlled, and told what to do. In other words, they want to be subordinate at home and in charge at work. There are some people who are like that. So, it runs again. You will have what is called a joker. The joker is a person that's always cracking jokes. They're never serious. And you find a lot of guys that do this. Some women do it, but you find a lot of guys that do this and it gets annoying. For women. Ladies, you probably have that girlfriend that's always trying to be a comedian, trying to be funny. And even though she may be funny, it wears on you after a while. So you're going to only take that person in doses. One word I would tell you is this. Measure. That means measure whether or not 
you could be around that person for an extended period of time. There's some people you can't. I went out with this lady once and her voice was so annoying. And then when she laughed, it was so nasal. Every time she opened her mouth, it sounded like someone had taken nails and scraped them across a chalkboard. Well, I didn't let her know that during the day. But I just couldn't do it. And I started to think, what would happen if we had sex? What kind of sound would she make then? I wouldn't want to experience that. I know it sounds petty, but here's the thing. This is a person that's going to be in your space for a very long time if things work out. And I know that to me, that would be annoying. Again, you're not asking for perfection. You just know your limitations. That's what's important. Knowing what your limits are. So, let's say you go on and you meet someone who's insecure. This is the most common dating personality you will run across. The overcompensator. Whether it's a woman or a man. With women, it's usually the attitude. With men, it's the intimidation they use. They gotta brag about being an alpha male. And that woman may be very condescending to the man in order to establish her status of dominance. Now, you will find that people who are not confident will always use this as a go-to. This gives them that courage. Because otherwise, if you were just to meet them on a plain level playing field, all that bravado is not there. It's not uncommon for these people to kind of show off in front of an audience. This helps build their self-esteem. You will be dealing with a narcissist and a pacifist. The narcissist, of course, they're usually Teflon. They can do nothing wrong find fault at everything everyone else does. Everyone else is inferior. Everyone else has to account to them. They don't have to account to anyone. And every excuse they lay out for anything that they fail to come short in is somebody else's fault. Look at your former president. Ideal narcissist. Teflon. Now, a narcissist has their own circle of people that they will acknowledge and recognize. You try to get in a circle with a narcissist, if the narcissist has not ordained you to be in their circle, no matter how hard you try, you will never be in. A lot of you folks try to date them. Some of you ladies do. And let me tell you something too, ladies, by the way. Don't try to emasculate these guys. And whatever you do, don't try to cut them down because 
they are so fragile with their personality that they'll defend it to the end because it's an insecurity that they really want to cover. They really want to protect it. Now, a narcissistic woman is going to have the attitude, going to tell a guy he can't afford her. She's going to tell him that not only take $300 gifts and up, she's going to be that person. Now, the sad thing about it, you know how women are so concerned with beauty? You'd be surprised. Some of the most unattractive women will take this attitude and take this posture because they feel as though I got to lift myself up. Now, the only problem with these individuals, if they don't or can't get what they want, they will always make an excuse as the reason why they didn't want it. Woman tries to go for a guy, the guy's not interested in her. He'll tell her girlfriends and rest of her well, he he's gay. Or he's this or he's that. In order to marginalize it. It's just like the narcissistic man who tries to talk to a woman. She's not interested. Oh, he she's a whore, I slept with already, etc. etc. They have to discredit this person in some kind of way to qualify it to themselves and not count it as a failure or a defeat. And this is what it's about. They insulate their insecurity. They never share it. And the reason why they don't share it is because of the fact that that's their vulnerability. That's their weakness. You know, when I ask them those questions about their strengths and weaknesses, a narcissist will never admit and the reason why they won't do that it reminds them too much of the reality of what they're trying to hide a weakness and insecurity confident people they acknowledge and embrace their weaknesses, their flaws guess what they try to do improve them and if they know they cannot measure up, they accept that weakness. So that when they get into a relationship, they take that weakness and try to match it with a partner's strength. And then they can be strong with that partner. But an insecure person that's isolated, oh no, me against the world, that's the way they look at it. Now, narcissists take many forms as well. You have the domineering narcissist, that person that has to be in charge of everything. These are people that have problems with their job, where if they're not in control of the project, they don't have nothing to do with it. They will actually try to sabotage. And they do the same with relationships. Since I can't be the head honcho in this relationship, let me just go and drive it in the ground. because they would rather win than to play the game and match or lose. They don't like doing that. 
Now, another thing about the narcissist as well. These individuals are self-absorbed. Every minor thing they do is exaggerated to be great and wonderful. This is all about making them feel good. Narcissists usually toot their own horn, even when they don't have an audience. They tell you how spectacular they are. They tell you how wonderful they are. But what it comes down to, a lot of times it's just them talking about themselves and nothing else. And they will have those also rants around them. Those people that admire them, put them on the pedestal. Because their narcissists can't get on the pedestal themselves. Someone has to put them on it. And once that happens, those friends, they're very selective. They don't want too many people that will challenge them. Instead, they prefer weaker personalities. Usually people that are low information individuals or don't know that much. Or people who have very low self-esteem, lower than theirs is. This is how that individual will go and continue to reign over the underlings, the minions. Now, you'll see this with females, especially in the hierarchy or the pecking order. I've seen it done so many times. I will go out to a nightclub. And usually, especially in groups of African-American women, I will see the lighter skin African-American woman and more like the lead or the catch. And then the rest of the women that may not be so quote-unquote attractive because in certain cultures, including African-American culture, to a certain degree, some people think that lighter skin means a prettier person. It doesn't. But some people actually feel that way, especially they have an inferiority complex. So what this means then is that these women are hoping to get the droppings off of the men that this woman will attract. This is the reason why I've always told guys, never go for the prize. You always go for the second runner-up. You always do that. The prettiest woman at the table, you don't go for it. It's not about any kind of low self-esteem or getting cut down or anything like that. Sometimes people send messages. So, the finest woman in there would think that she's entitled to the best man that comes over. But one of her subordinates does better than she does. It may be problematic. I have seen guys go over and the woman who is the so-called prize would get happy, get ready to diss the guy. And she just sits there and waits for him. And he goes over to one of her friends, asks her to dance. They go buy drinks, they party, have a good time. And meanwhile, 
doesn't feel as valuable. What would she do with the rest of her court? She would tell them how inferior the guy is that she's dancing with. Girl, look at his shoes. He bites his nails. She wouldn't have said that had he come over and talked to her. Because she still has to assert that she's empowered. Now, who gives her that power? She didn't get this herself. She got it through those friends that put her on that pedestal because of her lighter skin and her attractiveness to some men just based on that one particular element. And sadly, you have men with low self-esteem that thinks that a light-skinned woman, for some reason, is better than any other complexion. They haven't bothered to read the book. They're just looking at the cup. A social status climbing tool. Now who wants to be in a relationship when someone's with you just because of one cosmetic feature? That's stupid. But some people are so insecure they feel that way. I remember a guy one time was talking to a lady, both of them were African American. And he was trying to talk to her and she said, well, we can't date. She said, don't you realize we had a baby, that baby would be so dark, we wouldn't be able to see her. And she started laughing. She had cut him, he was hurt. She cut him emotionally. And sometimes you'll run across that. I've been discriminated by black women a lot at times. I've been discriminated by white women. Hispanic women never. Asian, well, once. Asian women never. But it all depends on what's going on, on what they're thinking, what their beliefs are, what their preferences are. See, the one thing that you have to realize, you're also dealing with people who have inferiority complexes throughout. The big girl that doesn't want to dance because she's afraid that she gets out there, she'll make a fool of herself and people will talk about it. Not necessarily the men, but other women. And of course, you always have those men up there cracking jokes about the fat girl until the love's about ready to close. And the very joke she cracked on the fat girl after all of the other people have left the club. She's the very woman that he's trying to talk to to go home with him. But he doesn't want that to happen around his friends, around his peers. He didn't want that to happen while those beautiful women, as he sees it, was inside the nightclub. Because that would have ruined his opportunities to be with them. But if he comes up with his gill net dry, First thing he's going to do is go for the next option. He used to crack me up to see this. These guys would talk all that shit all night long about fat women, ugly women, short women, you name it. They'd talk about them. And then at the end of the club, when the club's about ready to close, last call for alcohol. Usually most clubs call it close around two now. 
That's what you start seeing. These guys trying to line up and give it the big girls. And the big women already knew. All they didn't have to do is just come in late and hang out. And it would be funny to see them come in because it was like clockwork. It'd be ladies' night. Women can get in from 9.30 all night long, free. And then you have all of the beautiful women, of course, with all of their makeup and everything showing up at 9.30, get in their table, get in their position so they can go and get that smile and be treated like queens the whole night. And then some of the big girls will come in about 11 o'clock, 11.30. Guys are not going to be lucky. They were right. Now, there are some women who are sassy. You know, the big and sassy girls. I will give them credit for one thing. Even though many of them are fighting some of the negative thoughts they may have about themselves, not all of them, but some, by countering it, with that explosive personality in a way that's a very good thing because what that does it takes the edge off of them being so rigid, timid, and nervous one of the most exciting dates I've had outside of the ones I went on with Monica this lady that I knew from Seattle came down and we used to work together at one point, and I always thought she was gorgeous. Very tall woman, she was around 6'4". Thick. And she had large breasts, hips, thighs, buttocks. And she had a complex about her size. I remember when you went to a conference right here in Vegas, and they wanted us all to dance, and they wanted us to participate in these different exercises. She didn't want to do it. She was so bashful. And she didn't. I mean, she was stubborn as a mule in that chair. Well, she came down after taking the job in Seattle and was telling me about how boring it was up there. She wasn't having any fun, but she had a very bubbly and nice personality. We went out. We danced that night. And then she said, you know what? I want pizza. She asked me this prior to us going to the uh, nightclub. I'm like, pizza? And I'm thinking I was going to take her out to a restaurant. And she says, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. We go to Chuck E. Cheese. She wanted a cheese pizza or whatever on it. We had that. I look up and her ass just free dove into those, you know, those balls that they have for the kids. I mean, she jumped, spread eagle, bam, right into them. She said, I've always been wanting to do that. Didn't know what to expect. We went dancing. She was very timid like she used to be. And I don't know how. And finally, I just grabbed her up and we went on and danced. 
Now, I want you to imagine this woman is two year, two inches taller than I am. She's Caucasian, white as snow. Long blonde hair going all the way to her butt. Blue eyes. And she's constantly looking around. Trying to see if somebody's going to say anything about her. She was going to sit down. I said, nope. That lady's over there looking at me. I said, let her look. She's probably looking at us because we're in a racial couple and you're taller than I am. And she says, I should have worn my flag. No, that's okay. She was towering over me. Those high heels on. We had a wonderful time. And the funny thing about it, about our relationship, was that she was afraid to get serious. Because she thought that one day I was just going to wake up and say, hell no. Because that's what she had been dealing with in her past relationships. And she talked about how she wished she was smaller. How she wished she didn't have all of those things. But she said, my mom is big like this. My grandmother was big like this. I said, well, you can't help us generic. So what's wrong? I mean, genetic, what's wrong? And she's like, well, yeah, but... I just wonder what it would be like to be smaller one day. And I told her, I said, think about it for a moment. You're very well versed in who you are now. You realize what you would have to do if you were a smaller person? If you were not born that way? You'd have to make the adjustment. That would take a lifetime. That would take you just as long as you've lived already. And she's like, yeah, I guess that's true. Your personality will help you in so many ways through life. So you want to develop it in a way that's going to complement you. Personalities are influenced by the people we are around, the people we grow up with. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. But what you need to do is when you are around people, if someone's negative, you don't necessarily have to push them away. Here's the thing. You have to look at as long as they're not interfering with your development, they can stay as negative as they want to. You hear people all the time, oh, I got to get away from these negative people. I need to be around positive people. No, you start with the positivity within yourself. Those people are relevant. They should fall off of you with no problem at all. Because it's their narrative in their lives, not yours. And some people have the superstitious thing where, oh, I can't be around those people because I'll turn like them. That would only happen if you're weak enough in order to buy in to something that's not you. I had a negative friend. Every time, no matter what it was, he was buying a new car. And he was like, man, let me go and buy this damn Subaru. 
because the other place had turned him down and he could only get financing through his credit union for the Subaru. Well, it was a nice car. It was one of those Subarus with the, it had the uh, glass top and it looked very futuristic. And I told him, I said, if I could, you know, really see myself in one of those, I'd get it. He said, what do you mean see yourself? I said, where I would have to go to in different areas of California, especially in Los Angeles, I don't want anything that somebody can see in this that much. I said, but for you, where you live, it's different. Yeah, somebody probably breaking my car, et cetera, et cetera. I said, well, you wouldn't have that problem because you don't have that many people in population out there in the Inland Empire compared to Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, he buys the car. Man, let me show you my new car. It's happy as I don't know what. And it was sharp. I really liked it. Really liked it. And he's like, you know, maybe I made a good choice after all. I said, yeah, you did. Next breath. You know, I don't know if I like the car. I'm like, damn. And this is the way he would do women. He'd be all down to get with them and start dating them. And then he'd go and... Yeah, I, I don't like old girl. Well, what's wrong with her? Well, she's this, she's that. Well, she was this or that when you met her. I know, but... I, you know, I just think she's not right for me. So he had dumped the girl. It was another. Same thing. And he would always say, I don't know what's wrong with these women. Not the women, that's the problem. Not the women, that's the problem. But none of that negative viewpoint rubbed off on me. Then he got to the point where he was doubling down on women. Women ain't this, women ain't that. I don't know why you talk to them. You know, you just need to go ahead and pay a prostitute or just pay a girl to go. I don't need to do all that, that's you. But he was looking for somebody to side with him. You will always have negative people in your sphere of influence in life. Co-workers, the guy who hated the job before I used to hate when I went to work. And I would hear him all the time bitching about, oh, this company ain't shit, blah, 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 blah. And I'd always tell him, well, mighty funny, if the company wasn't shit, you wouldn't cash those paychecks every payday, would you? Yeah, but, you know, if I had this, I would have done this. I would have taken this company this way or that way. I'm like, well, just be thankful you got a job. Didn't even tell me I was being negative. See, sometimes we conflate the truth with being negative. That's where we have a problem. Wait a moment, folks. Now, one of the other challenging personalities is the ingrate. The ingrate is a person who does not acknowledge you for anything. They're not quite like the narcissist. They may be humble, but the one thing that they will do, no matter what you do for them, they will never acknowledge it in the context of it being considerate of you. 
look at it from the standpoint of you're supposed to do that. You know, a lot of these women that talk about chivalry, and ladies, let me tell you something. The reason why chivalry is dead in many sectors when it comes down to men, it's because they've run across too many women with that pompous attitude. I deserve it. I'll be straight up with you. I would rather go on a date with a woman who opens her own car door, even though I would offer to do it. Then I would with a woman who's just going to stand there and clear her throat and look around like, this is not horse and carriage days. Let's get real. If somebody was running after our asses with a gun, you wouldn't be standing there clearing your throat looking around. You'd be getting your ass in the car. I know we love to romanticize relationships. Romance novels, those kind of things. People become hopeless romantics, which means for a man, what that means to us, you're a person that's on a perpetual quest to find something that doesn't exist. Who wants to be with anybody with the word hopeless in the title? That in itself tells you something. And one thing that people in general try to steer away from, when you are so influenced by things that you don't have a self-identity, this means you don't have a personality. You're trying to take on someone else's persona. The tough guy. The thug. The guys that go around babbling out Tupac lyrics trying to appeal to the women because they like Tupac. And he's hoping that they will like him. And he's riding on Tupac's coattails with that. Instead of being himself. But we have a lot of people who don't know who they are. They really don't. They never had an opportunity or a chance to really discover that because they've been so busy trying to be something they weren't. This gets a lot of people in trouble. Ladies, how many times have you caught guys and lies that have aspired to be something that they weren't? They told you they were something they were not, especially when it comes to jobs and employment. And that's a humiliating thing. But one thing you have to understand, if a person lies to you in the initial stages of meeting meeting him or her, they have no intentions of being with you long term anyway. That's the measuring stick right there for that. They already have an exit strategy for you. They don't value enough to be honest with you and to take you serious enough to be with them. They're just in it for whatever they can get for that short period of time. Whether it's sex or money. Notoriety. Whatever they can use you for to their advantage. Now, another personality that you may come in contact with is the collector. 
Now, the collector is a person that has like 50 million things going on at one time. And they're trying to involve you in all of that clusterfuck of a life they have. And it's a cluster. They will overextend themselves, try to appease other people. They will make sure that everybody else is pleased with themselves. And when they try to cut out their little piece of the world for themselves, they rarely include the partner that they're with. So they take you on these odysseys. You meet their friends. You go out and you go into all these different venues, doing all these different things. But guess what you're not doing? Spending time with your partner in order to learn more about them, where they can learn about you. Because see, they have all these other forces that they've signed up for that are pulling them in so many different directions. And they want you to be part of that madness. Before you know it, you're three, four, five years in a relationship with them, and you don't know that much more about them than you did in the beginning. You know about their friends, you've met all their friends, you know their names, you've gone to these different places with everybody, but you really haven't had any substantive time with that person that you're with. Now, let's talk about the party girls. Party girls are very superficial. These women like attention only. That's it. They choose their men out of a different swath of men. So if they're out in an event or somewhere, they want to definitely have all eyes on them. They want the attention. Oh, they love it when the guys buy them drinks, when they buy them dinner, take them out and do all these things. They have no intentions of ever having a relationship with that person. So it's all about usury. And they learn to do this well. But this is all they do. They don't want the guy to get serious about them. When they do get serious, when the guy does get serious about them, then they're going to have one of their girlfriends work with appearance. In other words, she may decide, hey, you know what? There's going to be party at so-and-so tonight, why don't you come? I'll meet you there. Well, the guy may be thinking, all right, well, I'll meet her there. It'll just be the two of us. He gets there, there's a whole host of her girlfriends there. So she has enough defense to keep you away because she's not really interested in you one-on-one. She's interested in the benefit that you're going to pay for the drinks and you're going to entertain them. This is how a lot of guys become six o'clock guys. A six o'clock guy is the party guy for a woman. That means that she likes you as a friend. She doesn't see herself with you in a relationship. She likes you because you make her laugh. And a lot of times you guys do this, unfortunately, because you entertain too much, that she doesn't take you seriously. And you become that buffoon that she tells her girlfriends about. And once you've gotten into that category, it's very difficult for you to recover. Very difficult. Because women take snapshots of men 
as to whether or not they could see themselves with them. And once you can't, it's a done deal. It is a done deal. Because starting out, you haven't stimulated her mind. And I tell you, it's a three-pronged process with women. Any woman tell you this. You have to stir up my interest and keep it. I'm talking about the interest in her head, intellect. And then she has to envision the two of you being emotional together. Her envisioning you with her. And lastly, she will then envision the two of you intimately. Now at any point along that three-pronged track, she can stop. And the guy just may not measure up to her relationship. She may be stimulated and interested in your conversation, but she can't see beyond the conversation her in a romantic relationship with you. This is how you guys get stuck in the friend zone. And usually when women do this, they usually mean it. There's some that will roll it back, but there are special circumstances for that. One of them is guilt. I was too hard on him. Maybe I should give him a second chance. The other, it's when they missed an opportunity reaching for another person and you're third, fourth, fifth choice. Now, it's amazing what women talk about when they're amongst themselves. And a lot of times they don't know that guys are listening. And let me tell you something, fellas. Women are far raunchier than men. Some of the things I have heard in conversations and I've talked to women about in general, yeah, they're worse than us. Way, way worse. There was a lady that I overheard one time at a bar talking to a girlfriend. So I'm sitting at the bar by myself, just right. And the lady was telling her other friends about an experience that she had recently. And the guy wanted to sleep with her. It was their second or third date, I can't remember. He was pretty much desperate. He wanted to eat her out, whatever he could do. And she said, well, what I'll do is put my panties inside of me and then let you suck on them. And she was telling her girlfriends that she did it. And the guy obliged her. And they were laughing hysterically. And I'm sitting up there shaking my head and they looked over at me and they were covering their mouth. I was like, no, no, mm-mm, nope. And I'm like, well, you know, you set the standard. She did it. It all depends on how comfortable you are. This is the reason why guys, I always stress the word comfort with a woman. She has to be comfortable with you. When she is, she can be herself. 
when she's not, you're never going to see that personality. She's out of a guard though, because she just doesn't feel comfortable with you. There's nothing to do with you personally. It's just that if she doesn't feel some sort of nexus, some sort of connection or chemistry or attraction, if it's not organic, don't try to force it. Just don't. Now, other personalities you will have to deal with. You may have to deal with that person that may not be on their medication. You may not notice it at first. You get in a conversation with them. And they start telling you that they got taken up in a spaceship and they ran prods and all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, you need to back yourself out of that conversation very quickly. The worst thing that I can tell you that will annoy you the most is a codependent personality where that person has to be with you 24-7. getting ready to go down the street to the uh, store oh they're getting dressed too it's like I'm just going to the store well I'm going to and it's not so much they want to be with you it's more about them not wanting to be alone they get to fill in the blank with anybody's name and that person will suffice for them and you'll start noticing this because these people are not authentic when they talk about wanting you in a relationship. It'll be very transparent. You'll be able to see. And when you're asking yourself when you're dating someone, can anybody take my place right now? Can that guy over there take my place right now? What does this mean? Knowing what you know about this person, which may not be a lot. Could anyone else fit in that position? Because what we like to do is always say to the left, to the left, and think somewhere everybody goes to the left, right? But there's some people that intentionally avoid letting you know things about them. And the reason why they do this is because that's a mechanism for them to always have power. And that power is, they can leave you at any time and not feel any pain or hurt. And you gotta remember, there are people out there to hurt you as well. Not you personally, but anything that looks like it would involve them in getting into a relationship. They got hurt by somebody else, so they may feel as though it's their time to hurt somebody. So they don't become so attached. And if you happen to wind up in an 80-20 relationship where you give it 80% of the effort, that person's going to give it 20 or 90-10 relationship, which I've seen before. Where this person goes up, far, and beyond. But the only thing that person has to do is just sit back and let you carry them. You got a problem. I will never forget a friend of mine took a lady on a cruise. 
and he was head over heels about her. And she was pretty. And she reminded me of Vivica A. Fox. She was a very good looking woman. And they got on the cruise, it was a Caribbean cruise, they were gonna be on seven days. She only came out of the room, out of the cabin, I think twice the whole trip. And she would always throw it in his face. You pay for the cruise. You're the one that wanted to come out here. But she never resisted and said she didn't. But she remained removed from him. I'll never forget her birthday party we went to. He has spent all this money on champagne, the cake, all of this. Who did she think? Her mother, dad, and best friend. Never once acknowledged her man. He's the one that paid for everything and arranged everything. And what he didn't understand at the time was that she had been hurt in a past relationship. And so she took those feelings and buried them. And everything he did for her was in vain. He came down with the stomach flu and he was at home and he missed work. And three of us from work, we dropped by to see how he was doing. He was like, man, this shit right here is killing me, blah, 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 blah. We didn't want to get too close because we ain't going to get sick either. But apparently he had eaten something that got him sick. And we asked him about old girl. She said, man, I haven't seen her in two and a half weeks. She didn't bother calling, didn't bother coming over, nothing. After he got better, he went over to her place. She invited him in. He said, the only thing he did was sat down and watch television while she ate popcorn. And he said, well, I guess I better be going. He said, have a nice time. Nothing whatsoever as far as reciprocity. He thought he could change her. He thought he could crack the egg. People like those, you have to leave them where they are. Because those are the very same people as I always tell you. Just to save themselves from embarrassment, they will say something like, I love him, but I'm not in love with him. And you'll be that fool, that working Joe. And for those of you who don't know, a working Joe is a guy who will perpetually chase the carrot to please a woman materialistically because he's in fear of losing her. to say it, those guys deserve those kind of women. Because if their self-esteem is so low, they have to constantly buy things, and that's the only premise their relationship's based on, they're in bad shape. They're in bad shape. I will never forget 
I met a lady, oh man, what year was that? I think it was 98, 97, 98. She lived in Berea, California. And we were talking on the phone, and it was a mix-up as to how we actually started talking. She had misdialed the phone number, got my number. And I let her know, and she apologized. I said, no, no need to apologize. She said, well, if I knew you better, I would go and take you out for a beer or some coffee or something like that. And then we started talking. And before you knew it, we had a nice little rapport going on. So the next night, she calls me. She said, what are you doing? I said, nothing really. Just got in from work, relaxing. She says, well, do you know where this particular restaurant is? I said, yes. She says, I want to get a bite to eat. Do you think you can meet me there? So I went on and did. She was in a flannel shirt and blue jeans. This woman was beautiful. A little bit older. She was about 42, 43 years old. We had so much fun that night, it wasn't funny. The bartender got drunk and they had to call him a cab. <laughs> and it was funny, the owner of the restaurant, a little small restaurant, he says, um, I've been sending him to AA, I've been trying to work with him, but I'm gonna have to let him go. And we knew something was wrong when we heard bottles breaking behind the, um, the counter there. The man was trying to pour a drink and he had fallen over and knocked all of the damn bottles off. But he was okay. And we had a wonderful time together, she and I. And she's like, well, I know you drove a long way. I'm sorry about you having to drive. If you want to, you can sleep in another bedroom, but you can't sleep with me. Because I gotta get to know you first, blah, blah, blah. Which was cool, which I went on to decide to sleep at her place. That's very nice. I mean, it just worked out nice. First time in a long time that I had breakfast served to me in bed. But it was kind of neat. And we went downstairs and washed the dishes together. We had a lot of fun. We had a little soap set fight. But it was cool, it was innocent. When you're dealing with people, that personality is key. Her personality is what got me interested in her, the way she handled herself on the phone. Very cool. That's going to be your key to success, whether it's in business or anything else. Are you perceived? Now, in some cases, they don't give you a chance. I remember at one company I worked for, they uh, <laughs> had these sales representatives that would go to certain businesses. Now, when it came down to Hollywood, Beverly Hills area, they were very slow to send minorities out in those areas because some of the clients didn't want to deal with us. I was sent to this talent agency 
work on the network. I had a few issues with it. People were very friendly, offered me donuts, coffee, all this stuff. I denied it, just went on and did my job. I got out of there. I get a call from my boss to tell me he needs to see me. I go in, talk to him, and he says, uh, close the door, something I need to tell you, and it's confidential. And he says, one of the VPs got a phone call. And they were told for us not to send another black guy out to their establishment. At that point, I realized things hadn't changed because I had run into that before. I said, well, okay. Like I said, I just thought I'd give you a heads up on that so that you won't raise a stink with them because you know how that's going to be. Well, the company was not going to give up a contract over my ass. That's the way it goes. That's America, folks. Is all America like that? No, but a part of it is. No matter what personality I had, didn't matter. It was your membership card, they didn't want your skin color. And you're faced with that sometimes. But the one thing I want you to get out of this is that you have to think about your personality in regards to being a tool for people to appreciate you. Work on your sense of humor, your smile, your interpersonal skills, your communicative skills your level of empathy and consideration. All these things matter. Because then you will get a better scope of individual interacting with you. Educate yourselves. Learn new things. Just don't sit there and veg out on a damn YouTube video. Start thinking for yourself. Start reading. Understanding better position you in life so you can go forward. Some of you right now are wondering why you're stuck with the same type of people that you're dating, just like I used to be. I'm no different. But what I had to learn was, why was I attracting the same people? Elements of my personality allowed that to happen. So there were certain things I had to modify and change. One of them was my scope of thinking that everybody had an equal shot at me. Meaning that, not to be narcissistic or nothing of that sort, but it meant that I was attracting people that was not really where I needed to be. And what I had to learn was that I had to close the door of all inclusion and have it specific for the people that I would so desire to be in my life. So what were some of the parameters? Started doing things, started looking at well, I have a college degree. Maybe I need to start dating people that have college degrees instead of just letting everyone come into my life, including high school dropout. But we don't really have a conversation. 
other things I had to start looking at. I had to start looking at some of the agendas these people had that were totally counter to what I was looking for. In other words, I had to curtail universal acceptance and have it more granularly focused on my growth, my advancement. And the way you start with that is you start with that self-assessment and understanding what you need, where you're trying to go. And then you start to get a template of the type of individual you hope to attract. And once that starts to happen, you will see a change. But see, a lot of people are improvising with relationships. They're settling. And when I say this, I don't mean it in a condescending way. I mean, they're not challenging themselves. And just because someone is convenient does not mean that they're the right person for you. That just means that they're convenient. Convenient sometimes leads to complacency, which leads to a lack of growth, which means that you will regret it in your future. I want you to take care, folks. Love you all. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.